Welcome to the sidelines. I'm Matt Dolph. I'm back again with Ty Anderson, and uh, we got a lot to talk about, and a lot to talk about with the local hockey team. So we we definitely have a lot of hockey fans that listen to this podcast. So I think they'll be happy about that. I mean, maybe we or they won't be happy about what the Bruins actually end up doing. But I mean, again, they're popping up again. I think I think Don Sweeney at least knows he's got to make some moves. I think you guys agree with me. Ty, first thing I need to get to. <laughs> is the infamous three emoji tweet earlier today. Yeah. Ty yeah. Uh, makes a little hint that, uh, that Tuka Rask may be uh, headed for uh, – he may be learning how to yodel, put it that way, only in the United States of America where there are mountains and a uh, team name might be named after something involving a mountain. So, yeah, you know, you know, and people were pissed, which I guess you have to expect on Twitter, but <laughs> – it yeah, seems like you so, quickly realize it's like, all right, that wasn't worth it. Fine. Yeah. Well. Well. You know. I. I first of all, I forgot the question mark, uh, <laughs> which which is what I meant to add to it. So people automatically assumed that I meant that he was already in the process of being traded to Colorado. It was over. It was this. And uh, you know, I, I think that people are so starved for an actual trade or big news or something like that. That listen, part of that's my fault for not recognizing that, but. Yeah, talking to talking to someone today, uh, two and then two people, uh, actually. Um, it seems like there's interest from the Avalanche in a Tuukka Rask uh, deal, if it does shape out that way. I mean, I, I, I for the love of God, I don't know what to make about what Don Sweeney said on Monday, talking about Rask, saying that you know he still thinks he's a part of their future. He still thinks he's a part of their team. I mean, I mean he doesn't want to say we're trading him. No, no, I mean. exactly, exactly. It, and that's sort of the thing, right? Because I do think that that's a genuine comment. It felt genuine to me, but at the same time, it could be GM speak because to your point, yeah, you don't want to say we're going to trade this guy because if you don't get market value and you don't trade him, well, that's an awkward first day of training camp, wouldn't you say? And, and yeah. I think the, the Bruins kind of live that already with uh, their pursuit of John Tavares, where yeah. by going after Tavares, uh, David Krejci knew that if that happened, he was gone. And David Backus knew that if that happened, he was gone. And it was a little, it was a little awkward for those guys. So, yeah, but I mean, what, I don't know what you could do about that. I mean, they met him in a room or whatever, and that's, that's going to get out to someone. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. But, but I, but I do think though, going back to the whole Tuka thing, it's just, I do think that if this move does happen, I would put Colorado uh, as number one, which I did on our website when I was ranking all yep. 31 teams as, as destinations for them. They need that uh, goal. Colorado That's like all they need. Yeah, and, and speaking of someone, there, there's been uh, communication. Uh, the Bruins were approached by two teams that were not on his list of teams he would go to. Um, obviously, the street protection expires at the end of the week. Um, so we'll see if anything transpires out of that. But, but I do think that there are teams that are, are making calls on Tuca, um, and the Colorado, Colorado Avalanche are one of them. So it's something, worth, something worth watching here. Uh, but, but for me, going back to the emoji, going back to the tweet, I hate single sourcing anything. I don't like doing that. I don't have many sources, uh, but I don't like having just one and then running with it. So I wanted to verify. I jumped the gun a little bit and I deleted and people with cartoon emojis and cartoon avatars are mad at me for some reason. So it's, whatever. Well, that's whatever. People choose to be mad. And that's why I tweeted earlier. It's like, just go outside, dude. Don't do something that pisses you off. And I don't. I don't think Twitter actually makes anyone happy. <laughs> it just serves yeah. to piss everybody off. And I, I and think there's people, look, there's plenty of reporters. There's prominent reporters out there that definitely one source a lot of stuff. 
So, because, you know, there's just, it's nothing per, like, I'm not judging anyone. It's just a lot of stuff gets reported or or bandied about that never happens. So, I mean, I wouldn't feel too guilty about it, honestly. No, no. And and I think where I, uh, I fucked up was why I said, I'm having fun. Like, so people thought I was joking, but I'm saying, you know, me doing the emoji tease, it's like, all right, I'm having fun with the idea. I'm not having fun with you. This is legit. <laughs> right. This is real. I'm not just making shit up. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think, so there were some missteps, but hey, at the end of the day, whatever. Yeah, but again, just people, yeah, people just can't, <laughs> they can't forgive anything these days. They can't understand no. anything these days. No. Everyone just wants to be mad, especially on that cesspool. Yeah, so. The giant um, rolling comment section, and that's like, what's, there's nothing worse on the internet than no, comment no, there's, sections. There's nothing, <laughs> nothing worse than that. What I always yeah. say about that, please. So, so to recap, if there is a trade, just watch the Avalanche and the Bruins. I think that they, I think that the both sides, I mean, Rask obviously being on on the Bruins side of things, I think both sides have something that the other could use. Uh, if you're talking uh, abs, about abs being uh, good players, they have a lot of those. Yeah, yeah, and, and they have they have a window. Can we get my car? No, but you could get Nikita Zadorov, <laughs> who is a gigantic defenseman, and and, and some people like those. So. Uh, some people yes. being you, so I would like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what about like Burakovsky? Is he too good? Is that is that not possible? Well, he's an RFA. Uh, oh, okay. So, so you need to sign him. Yeah, I didn't um, look this up. But he's one. I mean, yeah, I, he makes sense for them. He'd kind of be a middle sixer. I mean, I if you're they're gonna get Kadri, aren't they? <laughs> if you're getting him, I'd like to ditch you know Bjork or Richie to be honest with you, right. because it's a little redundant in my opinion to have another sort of middle sixer who. Uh, you'd want to you'd want to see, I guess, like, like in that kind of role. But I like Burakovsky. I've liked him when he's with uh, Washington. Um, so yeah, I, I like him. That. That's but, why I'm but, asking. Yeah, but I'm there are pieces there. That. There are pe- there are pieces there. But but I, I think uh, people should temper their expectations that if they do end up trading him, they're not going to get you know one of the Avalanche's core pieces or one of their top no. prospects. It's going to be more role players. So for it, it, to me, it's about what is their desire to move to Garask? Is it? Yeah. Is it the front office saying we need to just move on? I don't care what it is. Or is it we need to make a good hockey trade here and, and have money left over to sign one of the market's better goaltenders? You can really help our hockey club. Yeah, they need to. Make, I think they need to make a real hockey trade. Yeah, that's for sure. If, I mean, if if it, were, if it turned into somehow a Gabriel Landis Landis Cog trade, I mean, the pants are coming off. Yeah, but that's, you know that's what would happen. <laughs> I know. I'm not. I've, I just, I know. I wouldn't seriously ask for something like that. But yeah. I mean, if you could get, if you could, if you could make a trade with them and get a defenseman or a forward, but also get uh, Grubauer or, or or the the backup uh, uh, hmm. Frank Kuz, I, I might be saying it incorrectly. I'm sorry. Uh, if you could get him, I mean, I I I wouldn't be against that. It's not perfect, but it's not it's not horrible either. So even like Jonas Donskoy too, isn't he on Colorado? Yeah, now? yeah, he's he's on Colorado. I mean, that's an option too. So I. I Again, I just think that if that trade does happen, that's a team to, to, to watch. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. Yeah. Those are, I guess, the, the guy, other guys we mentioned are realistic options. They're not, I mean, outside of prospects or draft picks or whatever, but I doubt there would be that kind of trade with, with Tuka Rask. Even though, like, I don't know, $7 million isn't isn't absurd for a guy who was just nominated for a Vesna, you know, and has only one year left. So, no, I don't know. Right. I feel like there's got to be some value there, right? No, Not everybody else. Other teams don't look at Tuca the way, like, psychos in Boston do. Like, like he sucks, you know? And, and that's sort of, a that's sort of I think, the, the fundamental problem we talk about 
uh, Duke Rask being traded or staying is that I think people often conflate how they feel about him with how the team feels about him, which are, yeah. they're not the same. I, and there other are teams. people who share the league. Yeah. There are people who share the idea of saying, you know, there are people in that front office that are a little bit worried about where he's going, you know, per se, yeah. but, but I don't think it's ever to the degree of, Oh, they hate him. You know, I, I, I think that's, that's a fan driven thing more than anything else. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. He's on the trade market. He's off the trade market. I don't know. We'll see. I need to ask you before we go to the other trade rumors, like, does it get way less likely that they make a trade if they don't do it during the draft? That's something I was thinking about. You're more in tune with this kind of stuff as I am, like as far as the timing of it. If mm-hmm. they say the draft ends and they don't make a big trade, does that mean that they're, I don't know, that they're staying the course with, with what they have? I don't know. Uh, typically, yes. But this year, no, because the draft is today. What's today's date? The 8th? The 7th? Something like that? It's the 7th. It's the 7th. Okay. The season is it's not Wednesday, begin. Ty. It's Wednesday. The season's not going to begin until January first, so you still have another four months here before before hockey happens. Uh, so, so that's you know that it's almost like the off season is just beginning in, in a way. So, I think what you have here is not set in stone, um, and teams are gonna. I think there are going to be teams who have financial crunches um, based on if they're allowed to have fans in the building or if you know, if they're going to open at capacity, whatever the case may be. Um, so maybe that forces a, a hand or a trade of some sort. Um, so under most circumstances, I would say, I would say that if you do nothing here, you tend to like your group, um, but you're going to have to wait and see now with, with what happens with, with free agency this weekend, uh, you know, who doesn't have a chair, you know, when, when the dust settles a week from Friday, uh, when guys are still in the market and, te- and teams make decisions from there. I mean, Think about, uh, think about what happened in 2013, right? When they had the lockout and the, the, the cup ended in like June 26th or whatever it was. Uh, the Bruins traded Sagan on the 4th of July, and they didn't sign a Ginla for, I think, another two or three days. Right, I was golfing when that happened. I'll never forget that. That, that was, was on a boat when it happened. Yeah, it sucked. <laughs> um, but, but, yeah, I, I just think that that's, that's uh, you know, that's something that – this is that kind of off season, right? Where things may happen a little bit more delayed uh, than they typically would under a normal off season. That's true. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. That's what I, I think. I, I just want to inform the fans. Like you can still hold out hope if they make a trade, uh, even if it doesn't happen, like in the next two days, mm-hmm. you know, I know we're all itching for them to make a big move and it just it continually feels like it's going to happen. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, what just came out like this afternoon was it, or I don't know. Uh, Pierre LeBrun says uh, the Bruins are one of two teams interested in Brandon Saad. I mean, it, from what from the sound of what he wrote, uh, the aforementioned Colorado Avalanche are the team that's really in on Saad. So they look like they're they they feel they must feel like they're that kind of player away from winning a Stanley Cup. So I mean, maybe that complicates. Uh, their chances of sending like a, a roster player to the Bruins if they were going to get Tuca or maybe it, it impacts Tuca period. But he says, but he threw in the Bruins and says like, they're, Hey, they're also interested. So, I mean, I don't know how interested really they are, but I mean, you, you've heard my spiel a million times about uh, needing a guy with size and a two way game and a good four check and all that stuff. And I think Saad would be perfect. And I mean, I, I, I thought he was like 40 years old when I, when I went to look him up. The guy's only 27. He's won a couple cups. It'd be a great piece. I, I, 
he wouldn't be the answer in the top six, but he'd be absolutely perfect, I think, with Charlie Coyle. So, what are you, I mean, what's your thought on if they got sad? Yeah, this isn't the first time they've been linked to him. Uh, I believe, I believe it's, it, it happened, I want to say either, I want to say last deadline, uh, when Chicago was in full-on seller mode. Um, yeah, I, I don't hate him. Uh, I don't love the contract. Six million is, is, a, is a bit much for him, I think, at this stage, if he's going to be on your third line. Um, but at the same time, I, I do think they need more established scoring on, on that left side, and, and he would address that. You look at their left side, middle six right now, behind Marshan, it's DeBrusque, who we've talked about has been inconsistent, uh, and then it's Bjork or Richie. Um, so they could use a bit more, you know, certifiable pop there, yeah. you know, and, and so he checks that box. And, and what, you br- what you brought about the Avalanche is, yeah, the Avalanche are sort of where the Bruins were two years ago, where – they have this two-year window here where they can buy big and they can make big trades and they can sign guys to big dollar deals uh, before they have to pay the Macars. Um, you know, uh, they, they sign Rantanen and uh, McKinnon is signed, but they're going to yeah, have they, to make a decision on Landeskog as well. Uh, right. They have a little bit of a window with all of those guys. They're not going to have all of those guys forever, I don't think. So. Exactly, exactly. And yeah. So this is sort of what the Bruins had in 2018 and 2019. Yeah. Uh, when they when they traded for Rick Nash and they traded for Coyle and Johansson, uh, it's something similar here. So the Avalanche are going to be connected to everybody. And, you know, anybody who can help their scoring. I mean, Taylor Hall, if he takes a one-year deal on a to to, you know, reestablish his market value with a contender, my bet would be it's going to be Colorado. I, I think that's sort of that makes the most sense for him. So uh, they're going to be in, in on everybody. So that's not surprising. Uh, so you'll have to see what what they can offer and if you can best that offer if these talks get serious yeah well you know you could be in on everything but you got to do something <laughs> if they're in on everything and they do nothing then what does that what does that do except you get stuff to talk about i guess well we're seeing that right now with ekman larson aren't we i mean right it, yeah now that's not gonna happen that's fizzling out that's unlikely i mean that that's that coke has gone flat yes yes they left <laughs> it they left it in the sun for too long and now it's self-aware they put it back in the fridge with like an inch left. It's like, what are, what are you doing? Just throw it Shug out. Shut that straight out of the bottle, man. Come on. Yeah. I, you know, honestly, I, I, I don't know what to make about the, the, the Ekman Larson sort of talks. I, I just think that you look at, at, at Arizona, they're desperate to cut this contract from their books. They owe money to the arena. The owner is allegedly a billionaire, but we don't know that. They're, they're months behind on arena payments. I mean, they're months behind. Jeez, on really? Paying, yeah, so I think that, you know, the Bruins are saying, well, we want you to eat some of the contract. And the Coyotes are saying, dude, we really can't do that. We need to just get rid of this contract. Um, so, so that's obviously a problem, I think. And, and, you know, it's seven years of eating money. And that's hard. That's hard for a team to, to agree to do, to, to do that, you know? Uh, so yeah. we're going to have to wait and see what happens there. But, but I, I, I would agree that it seems unlikely just given what it feels like Arizona wants to accomplish here, which is a total dump uh, of this contract. Yeah. Well, eight, but eight and a quarter. I mean, Ekman Larson's good, but I mean, he's not, uh, I mean, what does Drew Doughty, Drew Doughty makes 11. So he's like the highest paid someone else or Carlson makes around that much. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Those Eric, are, those Eric those Carlson. Top, I mean, top guys. Yeah. So, I mean, eight, eight, eight and a quarter for him, well. I guess, isn't terrible. But he's not, like, I don't know. He's never been that guy for Arizona, I don't think. They're like the guy that cha- changes your chances of winning a Stanley Cup. A yeah, good, product, good, productive player. But uh, for what the Bruins are looking for. 
And it's a big gamble, know, man. man. If, if he's big not gamble. good, if he's not good and he doesn't have a resurgence under Bruce Cassie's system, man, that's a bad contract. That's now a bad contract on your books yeah. for like seven years. And so that part of it's tough, I think. And, and because you look at his numbers, the point totals have been down. Uh, the power play production has been down. He doesn't shoot the puck nearly as much as he used to, you know, three or four years ago. So everything Isn't that what he's good down. for? Yeah. So, so <laughs> you have to look at it and you have to say, okay, is this what he is now? Or is this sort of a, a byproduct of playing under that system in, in Arizona where offense goes to die for some reason? <laughs> Uh, but, but if you're wrong and it's just, that's what he is now, again, that that's an albatross that sucks to have that on your books for almost a decade. It's immovable. You can't do anything with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if they're going to, they're going to trade for an expensive, uh, I'd rather they get like Chris Letang if they're going to get like an older Mm -hmm. expensive defenseman, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and for me, I mean, I would love it if they could find and, and listen, I'm asking them to find a needle in a haystack here i i want them to find a jacob slavin type who is under the radar but elite you know what i mean i and and ekman larson he might be good in, in a new system but i want a guy that makes a little bit less money is a little bit younger and the contract is more team friendly and and i say this knowing that i'm looking for a unicorn what about like matt dumba but that's sort of what you want is you want that kind of guy. You, yeah. you, you know, you want to, you want to have the value before it's top of the market value. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, and, and that's, that's hard for the Bruins to get. And, and I know that, I know that they, they the hurricanes are, are interested in, in Jake DeBrusque. Uh, but I know that that's not going to get you Jacob Slavin. You know what I mean? Like that. No, like, no it, you're going to get probably, I would say, I would say that Brett Pesci is probably the best you can do. Uh, from Colorado's, uh, from Carolina's blue line, if you made a trade involving Jake DeBrusque. I mean, what if it was like DeBrusque, Bakanainen, and a draft pick or something? Is that now we're getting to be too much for Slavin? Yeah, I think. Or I even think like that, Dumba? I think now it's getting a little crazy. You know what I mean? So yeah. it, it's, they have, you know, for, from everything that, that I've heard and everything we've read and, and seen online, it seems like they're involved in everything. But at a certain point, you need to find your focus. You know what I mean? Mm. You need to find, okay, what's number one for you? What is the top priority? Because it's easy to have your fingers in 10 pies, but which one are you going to eat at the end of the day? You know, I think that's where they kind of are. You figure out where they're going to go. That was gross. That made me queasy. Uh, I know. (laughs) Stop putting these images in my mind. No, no. Old old 10 pies, Anderson, (laughs) baby. (laughs) This one's filled with garbage and mayonnaise. <laughs> this one's Huckleberry. What even is that? Um, is that fertilizer? What the hell? <laughs> yes, but it has vanilla. Yeah, this one is deep dish, and it's 1,000 degrees. <laughs> what is yeah, this green paste? I just I, – I don't know what they're going to do, man. It just feels like they're in on everything, and it's, it's like, all right, that's cool, but are you going to close – can you close, please? <laughs> I know. That, yeah, and then they're going to close, and it's going to be like – it's going to be the Thornton trade all over again. Yeah. That or they're going to – Bobby McMuffin. <laughs> that's, that's like they're going to do the thing on July uh, – October 9th now. 
not July 1, where they say, we had a lot of good conversations, but uh, we got this uh, minor league player who was with Newark last year, and we got, we got this guy from the ECHL. He plays for the Jacksonville Ice Rockets or whatever they're called. Have yeah, fun. we got him. We pulled him out of a Cohasset. There was a yeah. local rink. We sent the scout, and uh, he really liked really liked his jam, and uh, <laughs> I think he's going to be a good addition to our hockey club. Yeah, I mean, it's just – it's. Uh, uh, what about the kid they drafted today? Or yeah, it was today. Uh, what's his, Mason Low Low Ray or Low Rye? I don't know how you pronounce that name. Uh, it's Low Rye. So Low Rye, uh, like Low Rise jeans, baby. Low Rye. Uh, so yeah, he's six foot four. Uh, he's an overager in, in the USHL. Uh, Please but, explain for the people what that means. I didn't even know. I didn't know this older, term. He was older than his competition last year, so he was going against a, a lot of uh, younger teenagers. While he is an older teenager, he's 19 years old. Um, he's going to play in the USHL again this season. And so why next- is that though? Why is he? Uh, like, why is he coming in a year older? Is that just how it? That's just how it shook out. Oh, with, he's just been there for with, a long uh, with his kindergarten class or whatever, and that then all the way up to. No, I, you have options in terms of when you can, you know, you can play the USHL and then go to college or, or you know, whatever you want to do from there. Um, he's just opted for that path. You know, like, like Curtis Hall, for example, uh, Bruins prospect played for the Youngstown Phantoms. Uh, and then he went to, um, he went to Yale. Thanks, uh, so Pierre. He's, so he's doing his, he's doing his, uh, his college hockey now after doing a little bit of time in the USHL. So it's different paths for different guys. Um, but he's been there. Uh, he's he's six foot four, but uh, people tell me he's six foot five, uh, so he might be even bigger than that. Uh, but people think they're getting, uh, you know, the the people are are knocking it because of where he was ranked. Uh, but the people who have seen him, uh, actually seen him play in the USHL and gone against him, um, have said that that he's a good player. Uh, talking to one person who who went against him uh, and trains with him, uh, said that. Uh, he's a long stick, really, really good defensively. He's hard to get around, and he has a ton of skill too, and he thinks the game really well, and he thinks that this pick isn't going to pay off for the Bruins. He compared to Colton Pareko, right? That sounds exactly like Colton Pareko. Yeah, that, that's, that's sort of the, the, the comp that he's getting. Well, I mean, if they got Pareko, that would be amazing. That'd be, that'd be beautiful. Uh, and, and so we'll see what happens here. And, and this, is, this speaks to a, a frustration that I have with – with the NHL draft and with drafts in general, we've talked about this, I think with the NFL is that, you know, nobody's heard of the guy, but they know they hate him and they know he sucks, you know? And it's just like, he wasn't in my notes. Therefore he sucks. Exactly. And, and and so I've always hated that, you know, like, like we go back to, uh, you know, David Postronoff was taken 25th, 25th or 24th overall. uh, And a lot of teams passed on him. And he's the best player. I was going to say, isn't he now the best player? Because that was like the Nico Heeshear. Was it that year? No, Who was number one in that uh, draft? I don't know who was number one. It might have been Dreisaitl, I think. Well, Dreisaitl was in that draft. I don't know if he was one or two or however. I think he was three or four or something. I'm trying to remember. Um, I don't don't care. But, yeah, yeah. Pasternak was, like, really the best player from that draft right now. Because, I mean, Pasternak's like, I don't know how you'd rank him among all the players. But he's up there. Exactly. And, and, and so that's an example of a, of a player that, that, that's, that slipped or at the time was, I think, considered a reach by many because people didn't know really? a lot about him. Uh, no. Yeah, because he, he was injured that year in Sweden. He missed a lot of time. Uh, so people didn't get to see how good he really was. Uh, but then we go back to 2015. Now in 2015, 
we talk about, you know, how they got Zaboral, DeBrusque, and Sinitian back to back to back. Now, what people forget when they talk about this draft is that out of those three picks, Zaboral was considered the safest. He was considered the easiest pick. Here we are, 2020, and we've seen him for, I think, one NHL game. Yeah. And we don't know if he's going to be anything at the NHL level. So Sinitian was the one who was, like, not on anyone's board, and they're like, what the hell are they yeah, doing? exactly. So I just think that if you determine a player's career value and career ceiling on day one after not knowing much about him, I think you're crazy. And, and, and so, hey, listen, he might suck. He might be really good, though. So we're going to have to wait and see. Uh, but, but, but based on the people who've actually seen him play and not just uh, gone against him, you know, on the ice, not just watched him in a game or, or seen film, uh, they think that he's a good player. They think it's going to be a good pick for them. So yeah. I trust them more than I trust myself or what a list says about him. You know what I mean? So Yeah, and that's – I mean, see. that's sort of – I mean, your point basically is that someone was going to take Zaboral like in, up there in the first round or, mm-hmm. you know. So, like, Absolutely. someone was going to have be subject to – like, they whipped on the pick or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just not as intense as it is here because we have all we, – we've lost our minds in Boston. <laughs> but, um, well, yeah, I mean, it's been, fi- it's been five years. It feels like forever when the guy hasn't played. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I, I guess you, you would hope he would be able to crack the top six. But, yeah, well, I mean, I'm it's not, five I mean, years. I'm- it takes that long for most guys to get to their – to even approach their ceiling. Yeah. And, but McAvoy is still a couple years away. To be clear, I'm I'm talking about I'm talking about uh, Lowry right now. Is that that yeah. people are already saying he sucks, but if he's drawing comparisons to Colton Pareko, well let's consider that Colton Pareko is a third round draft pick. And he was in the same third round that also featured Shane Gossespierre, um, Adam Pellick, Matt Grizzlick, uh, and Essa Lindell. You got some good defensemen. You don't have to like these defensemen I don't think, you know, that you have to get them, like, I just think it's subjective. I really yeah. do. And, what, and but so that, what is it, these rankings, player. though? Like, these ra- are these rankings even accurate? Is there, is there data to show, like, that, they're, that these elite prospect rankings or whatever it's called? No, I, I mean, just think that Does that even matter? Do those things even matter? Because, like, I saw some, everyone kept throwing out, like, this side had him at uh, like 138 overall or whatever. Yeah. It's like, is that just one person's opinion? Does this, do these rankings like turn out to be correct? I don't, I mean, I don't even know. Uh, See now, now with that, uh, I'm not sure what every website's, you know, process is for, for their, for their own rankings. This is what I hate about the draft. This is what I hate about analyzing any, any draft, any sports. It's like, Oh, I didn't have him in my rankings. This guy wasn't in my top 600. It's like, you don't know. Yeah, you don't know. I need, good I play, to... especially in the NHL, guys. Good players, like stars, get drafted in the second, third, fourth round all the time. Yeah, and, and I, I mean, mean like it's really no a crapshoot, I think. And, and no disrespect to Corey Pronman uh, from the Athletic, uh, who does a who does a good job, but you know, people were saying that he had him seventh in his mock seventh round in his mock draft, and it's like, all right, well, I'm sure Corey's been wrong before. We've all been wrong before. I thought that the Bruins gave up too much for for Charlie Coyle. Right, I'm not you saying know, you're we, a piece of shit for making rankings, but like, yeah, <laughs> I, don't know. Yeah. I just choose not to like say like, oh, that was good, this is bad. Like, none at the end of the day, none of us really know. And we're not going to know for about two to three years, you know, yeah. at the, at the yeah. very earliest. That's what Hockey's like know baseball. Guys don't contribute right away usually. Yeah, exactly. So, so I, I, I think you're not that, a defenseman. Listen, I'll trust that the Bruins have seen more of this guy than anyone on Twitter has. You know, it, 
So I'll, I'll take their word for it. And Sweeney's going to talk today. Uh, we'll see what he says. Uh, but also, uh, the, the pick that I like for them uh, was 89th overall, uh, Trevor Kuntar uh, from New York to go into Boston College. Uh, I, I had multiple people reach out to me and say that this is a great pick for the Bruins, sort of similar to what happened when they took Jacob Locko uh, a few years ago. People were reaching out to me immediately saying, this is great value for them. This is a good pick. Mm. Uh, and we're seeing now the hype train with Locko. Uh, he's looked pretty good in his preseasons uh, here in Boston. So uh, they like this guy a lot. The people I've talked to uh, says, uh, say he can play center and wing. Uh, he's a smart player. He's physical. He gives you everything uh, that you want to see. Uh, he competes hard, uh, and he has a knack for some clutch goals. Uh, okay, but you can't. He's not going to score fifty goals, Ty. So, so th- this guy's going to suck, and you're an asshole for thinking he's going to contribute anything. The 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 comp that I that I heard of uh, is Jordan Mont- Jordan Mar- Martinuk from the uh, Hurricanes. Which I would take Jordan Martinuk. If you get that in the third round, I'll take it. You know, yeah. I, I, I think that people, they always want top six talent, but if you can get a steady third line or second line fill-in, I think you'll take that. And, and you look at Kuntar's year um, with the Youngstown Phantoms. Uh, this past year, he was one of the, he was their leading goal scorer. He had the third most goals in the USHL. Uh, he had the 10th most points in the USHL. Uh, he's go, again, he's going to BC. He's going to play under Jerry York. Uh, the Bruins can keep tabs on him. Yeah, uh, because he's playing for Boston College, they love doing that. They I was love- gonna say, isn't that why they they look at so many homegrown kids? Yeah, it's a it's a big reason why, and they they love being able to, you know, hit up a player's game and and check in with him, see how he's doing, see how he's feeling. Uh, they love bringing them to the garden and showing them what it's like to play, you know, in front mm-hmm. of that crowd. Uh, I can't tell you how many times that they've brought guys, you know. You'll be in the elevator going up to the press box, and, and hey, there's one of their prospects from BU or BC mm. over the years You know that I've, that I've covered the team where that's been the case. Uh, they love doing that. So, so this is another example of that. And uh, he has NHL bloodlines. Uh, his, his father, Les, uh, was a goalie for the Canadiens for, for a cup of coffee back in 94, uh, was the first goaltender uh, for the Worcester Ice Cats, the now defunct Worcester Ice Cats. Uh, Fun. Yeah, so, so again, uh, a, a son of a pro who understands the game, understands what it takes, the work ethic. Um, and another overager. Wasn't drafted last year, was draft eligible. Um, but but they, you know, they like the motivation factor that he came to the, the game with this year. And, and I think they like him a lot. And, again, based on what I've been told, they should like him. Seems like they're kind of guy. Yeah. Is it sort of like, like a Kyle Duggar situation where they look at the, the guy's competition and think, like, he's not as good as it might su- – he might look because of who he's playing against with these overager players. Yeah, I'm just I trying to figure out, I understand why that these guys aren't as valued. I think it's some, it, it's similar to that, but it's also, uh, they look for a lot of guys that are sort of, I think buried on, on really good teams. You know, you go back to John Beecher last year, uh, Beecher, people consider it a reach, but I think that if he was playing in a proper role and not on a stacked team, he was on the uh, U.S. developmental team, a mm. stacked team, you know, and, and a good year for American centers. Uh, he was logging bottom six minutes. He wasn't getting power play time. You know, he wasn't getting this. Or, and so I think with these kids, it's the opportunities open up, right, over time. And, and what do you do with that opportunity? And, and I think that's more important to the Bruins versus, uh, you know, the, the sort of, the, okay, well, 
did you get the top six minutes right away? Did you get the top right. pairing minutes right away? I think we're just we're just impatient. Yeah, we're just exactly. impatient. And, and 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 listen, rightfully so to a degree. The NHL gets younger every year, uh, but you get younger with first round picks, not with second and third round picks. I mean, these yeah. are pro- these are projects. These are multi year efforts. So I I don't hate these picks after again after talking to people who've seen them more than than you or I or anyone on Twitter. I think these are 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 these picks make sense for the Bruins. Doesn't doesn't matter what we're seeing for people on Twitter. It doesn't matter what they're seeing. They're going to be uh, someone's going to be mad. Yeah, no, and that's going to ruin. That's going to ruin our day. That's, yeah, that's just how it goes. 100%. I hate my brain. I think uh, I think Brian Ralston's kid just got drafted. By the way, I'm pretty sure that just happened. Oh no, Brian Ralston Jr. No oh, God, I'm a fossil. Yeah, I remember the day. I still remember watching Harry Sinden talk about. Uh, was it Harrison? Yeah, talk about trading uh, Ray Bork to Colorado. Mm-hmm. And the day after, they, it was like the, it was the same day that they got killed, I think, by the Flyers. And uh, it was, I think uh, Dale Arnold was still doing the, the games for Nesson, and they were, it was just like complete silence. Nobody on the broadcast even said anything like while the game was going on, like in the final minute. Mm-hmm. It was just the most depressing thing because like everyone knew at that point that Bork was about to get traded. Oh yeah, and, but I, but that reason I brought it up is because they got Brian Ralston in return. That's right, he was part and, of that. And uh, I he actually, he actually turned out to be pretty good. Yeah. And uh, you know, uh, he got drafted by the New Jersey the, Devils. No, the Colorado the Avalanche. This kid got drafted by the <laughs> Avalanche. Avalanche. It all comes full circle, baby. Ah, nice. Yeah. So now he will be coming to the Bruins in a couple of years for uh, Charlie McAvoy. And then he will, and then he will come back when he is forty years old and actually be kind of good. That that twenty twelve Brian Ralston revival remains one of the weirdest things I've ever seen in my entire life. Who did he, he was? He who was did he play so for Columbus good. or something? He was with the Islanders and he got traded to the Bruins, and he was so good. He was like he was ridiculous down the stretch for the Bruins that year, and it made who no sense. That? Oh, I'm thinking of Brian Jonta. Didn't he also have like a like a forty goal season out of nowhere last year at age like thirty eight? Gianta? Uh, yeah. Maybe I'm thinking of Ralston. No, I, mean, I get those two mixed up. Yeah, no. Ralston, he came back here in 2012 at the deadline with Mike Motto. And everyone's like, look at these old Mike guys. Mike Motto. Again. Holy shit. That was something. And they were actually kind of good. Pretty weird. <laughs> oh, good times. Good times. Yeah. So, I mean, like, if the Bruins were to make, like, a, a big move, like, out of the ones that have been rumored, which one do you want? The most? Uh, yeah, like I, your, I, if they could only make one of these moves, of something that's like been like talked about or thought about. Uh, it hasn't been talked about uh, yet. I said what's been talked about. No, no, but it kind of has, but not like All full right. on, not full on Bruins or, and these guys are talking. I yeah. still want Kyle Palmieri. I still think he's the best fit for that. Oh yeah, no, he's on the list. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that that he's what they need. I mean, he's averaged twenty six goals over the last four years. He's like captain material. Like he's a really good locker room presence. He could he would solve your top six problem, I think. Or at least he, have a very good would. chance of that. He really would. And, and but they got to so trade for him. They'd have to trade for him, um, which I, I would want to do. I, I still think that he's the best option available. I think that Toffoli is a good option too. But I like Palmieri a little bit more than I like Tyler Toffoli at this point in his career. Um, so that's who I'd want. I mean. 
see if they're willing to, to pay the price if they if they can pay the price. I know it was pretty yeah. it was a pretty tall ask back in February, but but we'll see this time around. I just I think that that'd be a that'd be a good get for them. I think so too. If they got Paul, if they did something like they got Paul Mary inside or Toffoli inside or like a, a combination of those moves, I would be I would be on board. Mm-hmm. I'd say, all right, now we're cooking. If, as long as they're not peeling off the main roster. Oh, you yeah. know, and, all, and the younger guys get a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Maybe it pushes a guy like Anders Bjork to play better. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, and you I, push, I, you could push Kasha down to like the third line or something. If they're going to hold on to him. Slotted into their right place. Yeah. You know what I mean? like, like, there's no more. All right. Well, let's see if this guy can be a, uh, can, can be a, a top six player. You know, it's like, no, no, these are top six players. They will go here. The third liner that you've tried to say is a top line player will go in the third line. And everyone's happy. You know, it, it's sort of the proper slotting for, for all these guys, which would, would really alleviate a lot of their problems. Yeah, I think so. I, I hope they do it. I mean, I'm sick. I'm just sick of the, what we talked about before, but I'm sick of putting, you know, Band-Aid on a bullet wound. You know, the, the minor moves, the little thing, the little tinkering here and there on the margins. Let's do something. Do something nice and juicy. I'm it's hungry fine. for it. I mean, if you're it's gonna give, time. If you're gonna give this group one final real chance, this is like that scene in Spotlight when they're just about ready to report on the Catholic Church abuse scandal, and like the editor's like, "I don't know. We gotta, we gotta wait till it's time." And then Mark Ruffalo goes, "It's time! It's time! Let's do it! For God's sake!" And then he becomes. That's how I feel player. right now. Not that I'm comparing the Bruins to you know, but yeah. It's like, it's time. We got to do something big. We got to make the move. I think it is. It is because, again, we've talked about this again and again and again, but how many times do you, how many more chances do you actually have with this group? I think you're already trying to extend a closed window, you know? So, so go in, try yeah. it, do something real, and let's go. Like, let's stop wasting time with these, again, what you said, these band aids on a bullet hole. Like, let's, let's go. We're bleeding. I know. It's everywhere. Bleeding out. <laughs> All right. How many more picks until the Bruins? I mean, you don't have to give them the exact number. Is it still a while before they make another? Because it's still the – do they even – do they not have a fourth rounder? Is it five, six, seven? Yeah, they're in the fifth round okay. right now. They're about ten picks away. Uh, one of the guys oh, okay. I wanted them to get is gone. Damn it. Are they just dragging this, this, this thing out because it's, yeah, it's, cause it's on TV and there's nothing it, else going on? No, no. It's just way slower. The communication process is slower. True. Yeah, everyone's on Zoom or whatever. It's, it's it's so much easier when everyone is on the same you know floor, yeah. like they like they typically are. But that's not that's not happening. Well, yeah, I've had a lot there. of time to look uh, look at hockey stuff today because our football team is a mess. Our football team is dying. Yeah. Do you have Corona? Has that happened to you? I think I'm convinced I had it back in late January. Oh. I remember. I think I still have like the Slack combo where I message you guys like guys. This is as sick as I have felt in a long time. And this is uh, like the last week of January. And this is when coronavirus was, was, was popping off in, in China, but mm-hmm. hadn't become the global crisis that it is today. Mm-hmm. I just said, I thought, like, I, I felt like it felt like the worst flu ever. So it might have been the flu. But, um, but like, at that now with everything that's happened and, like, the Biogen conference and all that, I'm like, I'm almost convinced I had coronavirus because, I mean, Chelsea turned out to be one of the hardest hit areas of uh, the, the, the stomping grounds of Ty Anderson. Chelsea mm-hmm. was like the worst in the States. 
and I go to the market basket in Chelsea like all the time. So I might have, I might have just dipped right into the petri dish back oh, when the you, thing was just getting started. You know, you absolutely did. You I, absolutely <laughs> did. And I don't know. I may or may not have the antibodies. I mean, there's the, the science has been inconsistent on that thing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I was really sick. I'm convinced I had Rona back then. But I mean, yeah, the NFL is trying to move along uh, with the season, and I think that they're still going to do it. And, but I'm getting scared. Everyone's getting scared, and I understand. I, I like I, I try to calm down the freakouts uh, on Twitter and all that. It's like, guys, they're not going to cancel the season. But I mean, just speak it to the reality of it that the NFL is not going to call everything off. But I mean, it's getting it's getting squirrely out there. Yeah, I mean. This is what happens, though, when you try to play through a, a virus that takes four or five days to, to actually show up. I, I, That's the, the science, most concerning part. Yeah. Because the, the Patriots might have had things start to pop up days after. That's what happened with the Titans. So, Not that and, I'm an expert on the science of it, but I'm just looking at what happened. No, and, and we talked about this in our – we, you know, we have a text chain with, with me, you, and Alex uh, – the digital content team. Uh, we have, we have a group text and I, I think I mentioned, I said, you know, every doctor is saying this game shouldn't be happening right now, which is a little bit concerning to me. And we're going to see what happens here. But, but I do think that we're, you know, we're, we're still learning more about this virus as the day goes, as the, the days go on here. And, and so the NFL being the NFL and thinking, no, no, we got it. I mean, it, it's a, it's a slap in the face to intelligence and to, the scientific research to, to think you have all the answers, especially when one of your teams is currently in the middle of fighting this thing. It's a, it's a real son of a bitch to, to fight as we're all realizing. Uh, and, and, and so it was arrogant and it was stupid to try to play this game in my opinion. And, and you'll never convince me that this game would have gone on a scheduled had it been Patrick Mahomes who tested positive for the coronavirus and not Cam Newton. I'm not claiming bias. I'm just saying they'd understand the importance of not playing that game, given the importance of that player and that team. And now here we are hoping that they don't contract the virus like the Patriots are right now. It's sort of like the inverse of why they, why they wouldn't take a star quarterback off the field if he looked like he had a concussion. They would just they would yeah. pretend, act like it's not happening. But I, I, don't think, I don't know if they have all the answers. They, they think they're scientists or anything. I just think that they're just, they just prioritize their product over the virus. Mm-hmm. containing the spread of it or what have you and they'll just we're going to put our we're going to put our protocols in place and you better follow them and I mean it's not like like we were having positive tests I mean it was low it was mm-hmm. like you know three guys four guys out of thousands of people across the league getting tested like it's not like the, NA, the NFL wasn't like the NHL where they had zero positive tests you know it's just sure. it's just getting a little freaky that that we have star players catching catching the virus and uh, games being postponed. And obviously the, the whole outbreak with the Titans is scary. And like, I'm just holding my breath, hoping that the same thing isn't about to happen in Foxborough. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you just put those, you just put that team in a big metal tube and flew them to Kansas city and back. I mean, I don't know. I'm convinced that Robert Kraft and Clark Hunt wanted the game to happen. Cause I mean, if they really didn't want it to happen, it wouldn't have happened. I don't think. I don't no, disagree I with you on your – I don't necessarily disagree on the Mahomes conspiracy theory, though. You know, well, my other conspiracy the face theory, of the NFL catches COVID-19, you might, might shut everything down. The other conspiracy theory I have is that one of the reasons, to your point, that they forged on with this game is because they know week four exists. Week 17, week 18, week 13 may not exist, might not happen. 
Yeah, but aren't they teetering now? They're sort of teetering between like if whether like they should pause the season for a couple of weeks now and push everything back, or they're running the risk of everything getting so bad that they have to cancel it altogether. That's sort of like the line yeah. I feel like we're getting closer to, which yeah, is very which, concerning. Which I think is why they played on Monday. I think that's why they did because they 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 need to get the ratings while they can. You know, and oh. and, and, and so they are they just accepting that they're going to run the season into the ground? Then there's that like that's. I, 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 we're I'm just going to go as long that. as we can and we'll call it off in week 14 if we have to or something. Yeah, we'll take a two month pause and come back and be like the NHL. You know, be like the NBA and the NHL where you have a, 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 a bubble playoff or whatever it is, you know, which is just, I, I don't know how. I mean, at the end of the day, I, I, I don't know how a bubble NFL would have worked, but I'll tell you what. You got way more moving parts with the size of the rosters. Yeah, but the other part of it, though, that's a little frustrating for me as an NFL fan is that they didn't even look at their options. They just went, we're going to do this. And, and that, that's where I'm talking about sort of the arrogance of the NFL, of just saying, we're going to get through this. They didn't even consider other options besides playing through it in home stadiums, everyone's traveling, you know, no it's bubble. A, it's, no comical how they, it's comical how they just they, – they did the draft. They, uh, and it, they, it almost like they were acting like, no, 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 it's not happening. Just stay the course. Yeah. And we're all like the old lady on the farm and Billy Madison. Is anybody listening to me? It's like, no, we're just going to forge ahead because we're the NFL. You're going to watch FU. You suck. We know that you're going to watch no matter what. And, and we are watching. It's been an awesome season so far. It has been. It's, it it's going to really suck if this season gets like totally upended. Yeah. But I don't know. I just feel like at this point they're not going to. They're not going to call it off. They're just going to move. They're just going to work with what they got. They're going to tighten the restrictions. And this is this is why we expanded rosters and practice squads, and why we modify the IR rules because we're not going to we're not going to call off the season or even pause it because a handful of guys tested positive and you know it's 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 getting high on the titans so like obviously teams have to tighten things up and mm-hmm. be more careful and it's it sounds like i mean it sounds like stefan gilmore is shocked that he has covid which i, I mean I, my theory my conspiracy theory is that cam newton gave it to him because cam newton with his tweet i hate reading into cryptic tweets i hate twitter but um but cam newton's tweet was just like wear a mask keep your distance which is Sort of like I read into that as like I learned my lesson. I screwed up at some point, mm-hmm. and I was got I got careless, and now I have the virus, and so now I'm gonna now I'm gonna be more careful, you know. Mm-hmm. No, and look, yeah, I no, get no. it. I get it. He has a 99 percent chance of surviving. I get it, but like that's all about stopping the spread. It's like don't we want the stupid virus to go away? We want to keep watching sports, and I feel like don't fans eventually want to go back? Don't we want to go back to these games? They're not gonna let it happen. I would love to go back to an NFL game. I would love to. I would love to sit in on a live sporting event uh, from somewhere beyond my couch. Right. It's weird up also, there. It's weird I, in the press box right now. Oh, I can imagine. I, I. That's why I told you when we were doing. But it, I highly. But I still recommend it. The, the, the measures at Gillette, from my experience, have been great. No. Very interest, tight. Very strict. No interest in covering a game that does not have fans. That is of no interest to me. <laughs> it is especially, weird. Especially in that press box. And this is a little inside media here, I know. If you don't like the media, you probably hate it. I don't care. I'm not trying to complain. It's a, it's no. like I'm fort- I feel very fortunate to be able to go enter that stadium. But, but for me personally, I can cover an NHL game with no fans. I cannot cover uh, an NFL game with no fans. 
the biggest reason being that the Gillette press box is closed air. Um, so it's not, it's not, you can't really like if people, it's like, the if, library. It's the yeah, Foxborough and library. If, you, if I have a conversation with you, everyone can hear because no one is talking. Uh, and now and, it's weird with masks and every, every uh, reporter has a pane of glass between uh, each, each person. Yeah. Why do that when I can sit at home on my couch eating candy and not wearing pants and have the same view, if not a better view of the game. This is, this is a real thing, especially if everything's Zoom, right? You're still doing post-game Zoom. Well, they are putting a delicious cheesecake in the box lunch that they provide for all the reporters. Oh, are they really? I'm a big fan of cheesecake. That, those not- actually the, – the, the food has been top-notch for, like, what the, what the situation is. It's like they're going above and beyond. A peach. It's all, the whole thing's great. I'm not complaining about it. It no, is just, no. it is just unusual, and it's different. It is, the weirdest part is that it's silent up there, and you can't hear what's going on outside on the field. So, like, yeah. no matter what the play is, whether it's a big play, small play, there's just no reaction. There's mm-hmm. no crowd to hear. There's no si- – it's just silence. It's weird. Mm-hmm. It's like you're deaf and watching a game, you know, or watching a game on mute with, with nothing going – hearing nothing around you, you know. Yeah, I don't know if I'd like that. I mean, it, it, with hockey, I can at least hear the blades and I can hear the, you know, the, the on-ice banter. Uh, with football, I, you get that pane of glass in front of you. You can't do anything. <laughs> don't want to do uh, what a weird season what a weird season. it's the nfl own. they will play through it they would play through that scene in the dark knight rises when bane blows up the football field and heinz ward runs down the field and the whole thing falls out from under him and then then everyone on the field dies except the one guy and it's like what the hell happened there's a giant crater they mm-hmm. would play through that it's a good idea it all just comes out in a bane mask there's a 10 foot patch of grass over there <laughs> you must play on it <laughs> Belichick's wearing the Bane mask. The virus can't contain me. The <laughs> virus was born in me. <laughs> it's true. I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I, uh, I don't know, man. I just, I, we're never going to get out of this. I'm like pretty sure we're never going to get out. I'm like, like the more, like I, I'm, I'm, the longer we're in this, the more I'm like, this is just life now. This is what it is. Goodbye sports. Goodbye crowds. It's Hope crazy. Like no, we have to. I don't know, man. We like we can't just. We there has to be a middle ground between everybody. Lock yourself in your bunker forever, mm-hmm. and uh, the virus is fake. Don't do anything. You know, mm-hmm. it's funny because Gilmore says he's, he he followed every protocol. I assume he was like wearing a mask everywhere, and you know I, the mask and distancing wasn't burning enough. I guess I don't know. Yeah, it's. I mean, I, I, you know, I know it's. I a, get it's it. A, it's not deadly for 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 nearly everybody. Like most people are okay, and like the test positive rate is one below one percent, and the deaths are down. I get all that, and I understand why. But it's, it's like polarized. I want the thing to, to. I want it to stop. Yeah, and, and and I understand it's a polarizing topic for a lot of people, and 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 you know that part of it is what it is. Uh, for me, it's frustrating though, and when I see that, that, you know, we're all, I think most people are trying, um, they're trying their best to, to take precautions. And then you have things like what's happening uh, with LSU, uh, which their football games, they're, they're, they're getting rid of the CDC guidelines for fans that are trying to go and they're going to reopen liquor sales. Um, and, 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 you know, there was that report today, the Miami Dolphins have been given the go ahead to have full 65,000, uh, people in attendance for their games and it's like you know I get it I want to be I want to be that too 
but if it's not going to be contained and it's going to set us back, it's like, all right, well, what are we doing here? Are we ever going to get out of this? So the whole thing is just, it's, it's an absolute nightmare. Um, but, it, but it's frustrating when you see that not every league and every arena is on the same page. Um, and, and in my opinion, that's only going to create more, you know, more bullshit that we're going to be stuck in, you know, for, for, yeah. you know, now, I mean, now we add 60 days onto it, you know, I just, mean, what can you do about teenagers and college kids though? Like, like those no, kids true. are going to be, they're going to be, they're going to be the ones throwing all these parties that are indoors and they're all breathing the same air and spitting on each other and, and you know, doing God knows what else to each other mm-hmm. for hours on end. And Eat like there's, ass. and they know, know yeah. They, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> hey, cut that out. Yeah. Cut that part out. Don't right. cut it out. Keep it in. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought about C.M.A. Smith. He's like, oh, ass. Always ass. I wasn't, that, that is what I was talking about. I mean, that is what I was talking about. I wasn't going to actually go there. He just he straight up said it. Yeah. Yeah. Why no. not? I like it. On the clock I like it. it. I think I know what ties into now. But yeah. Uh, yeah, the college kids, they're just asking for outbreaks. That's where outbreaks are going to keep happening, and they have happened. Mm-hmm. They're all inside breathing the same air for hours on end, and they know they know that, they're, that it's likely even if I get the Rona, I'll survive anyway. And what they're not thinking about is how much they're going to spread it to other people or people that might be vulnerable, less, or like more vulnerable than them. The Bruins have drafted Mason Langebrunner. Mm-hmm. Is he, is he related to Jamie? I would imagine so. It's not a very common last name. Uh, but uh, he is from Minnesota. So, again, I'm going to assume that he is uh, – da, 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 da. yes, he is his son. And you know where he's going to be playing. Isn't Langeburner still working for the Bruins? He is working for the Bruins. He's like a prominent scout? Uh, he is – He's drafted his kid? He is their director of – player development i believe that's his role now and he's uh, developing his kid yes now wow yes. Inter- yes. that's interesting yeah i love jamie langerburner because i was a Dallas stars guy back in the late 90s early 2000s that's right you were i hope and- i hope he turns out to be uh, close to what his dad was yeah uh that's a weird pick because it's his son, and, and I gotta find. That's what I. That's why I'm thinking. I'm like, that's you know, it's a little. It seems a little odd. He, I'm, I gotta figure out his exact role with the Bruins now because it's gonna bother me. Uh, he is a player development coordinator. That's what it is. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah. So that pick was absolute ass. <laughs> Hashtag nepotism. Yeah, I don't know much about him. Obviously, um, you, you rarely do at at, at this point. Um, you know, this part of the draft, it's a lot of, oh yeah, okay, heard of him. You know, like like there are guys that are still kicking around that that you're, uh, you know, you're you're curious about. But yeah, Mason, he's a son of Jamie. Uh, he is a defenseman, and he is a Harvard commit. So again, another guy who wow. uh, is going to be in their backyard, um, and. Uh, he's going to be in his dad's backyard a lot, literally. Yeah, yeah. yeah he gets the, is he going to be living at home? Uh, Harvard is online only right now. They so set up a nice race car bed for him. He's going to get to have snacks every night. Movie night is Thursday at the Langerbrunner household. So this is, this is interesting to me uh, because uh, – so he's a Harvard commit. Uh, he's six foot two. He's a defenseman. Uh, it seems like last year he just played in tournaments. Uh, 
I'm looking at his elite prospects page now. Sorry. I know this is not good audio. Uh, he play, Okay, he plays yeah. Eden, Eden I'm going to cut high. this out. I'm going to leave in ass eating, but I'm going to cut this part out. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, he played high school hockey in Minnesota last year, uh, 25 games, five goals, 19 points. Uh, he's going to Harvard uh, next year. So not this year. Obviously, Harvard canceled all their athletics uh, this season. So um, we'll, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that, how that plays out. But, yeah, they are drafting the son of their player development coordinator. So uh, we will see how <laughs> – Again, that's just uh, – it, it's not the first time they've done this. It's not the first time they've done this. They drafted uh, Matthew Benning, uh, who was Jim Benning, who was their assistant GM at the time. Uh, they drafted his kid uh, – or his nephew. It wasn't his kid. It was his nephew. Um, so they've done this before. Uh, we'll see. Interesting move, though. Not going to look good if he doesn't turn out to be a real player in, in the organization. I know it's not a high pick, so, I mean, who cares, but – Mm-hmm. You know, they draft one of the top scouting guys' kids. He better he better pan out. Because what if he turns out to be like, what if he doesn't have the right character or something? I'm not questioning his character as a person, but it's like, if anyone should know of what this kid's uh, potential is, mm-hmm. it's his friggin' dad. <laughs> I just, I mean, it, it's, it's going to be so awkward if they trade him. Are you kidding me? Like, what if they're like, hey, we, we got to trade you. Ryan Donato, I thought was bad enough when they had him and, and just like, they just, his dad used to be on the team in the nineties. I thought that was bad. I was like, how are they going to trade this kid now? Yeah. And he was I mean, they did it. They did it for the Weymouth, for the Weymouth kid, but, uh, yeah, this is, uh, that was a funny tweet. I'd say, I remember someone pointed out that who said, who was it? It said Chris Wagner's from Wellesley. Was that, wasn't that like an actual team or something? Didn't the, NA, oh, the NHL said it. The NHL. Yeah. Their official Twitter account said it, and it was like, You're like "Oh, oh no, oh jeez!" I'm like, "You guys have no idea what's coming for you right now." <laughs> Wellesley. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine Chris Wagner being from Wellesley? Like, just knowing his demeanor and like his on ice, his on ice persona that he's from Wellesley. That's where I live, Wellesley. Is it get really? this ass out of my town? Where Felger's from, yeah. I, believe, I don't know if he's – no, he's not from I – mean, he's from no, Wisconsin, no, yeah, but, he's, yeah, uh, but he's, no, he's, I think he lives in Wellesley now. He's lived there, yeah. Yeah. That, and this is so – this is so uh, funny that the Bruins keep doing this. This is, like, unbelievable that they keep doing this. <laughs> it's like they had Donato. They had a Benning. Uh, they drafted the guy who's, uh, who, whose dad uh, is part of the ice crew. Uh, they drafted uh, Fitzgerald's uh, – Tom Fitzgerald's kid. Uh, they just keep doing this. This is like this is like a weird thing. This is like a weird. It's a fetish. They have a fetish for for the children of their former players and employees. I mean, could per, could Patrice Bergeron get like a get a, a stick in his kids' hands real quick? Oh, uh, I mean, Mason? can he his pop name? out a couple more no, kids? Uh, Zach, Zach is, is Zach. Could yeah, Patrice Zach Bergeron have his get his wife to have a couple more kids? I mean, that if they're going to keep drafting kids of people on the team. Uh, Zach in the is, organization. I think, I think Zach is already skating. I think I've seen him at Warrior skating. Oh, thank time. God! There's Zach Bergeron is absolutely going to be NHL. Zach Bergeron is absolutely going to be a Bruins draft pick in the 2038 or whatever. Yeah, when his dad is the GM of the team, that's how it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to extend it beyond just the realm of. Oh my God! It's going to yeah. be Inception and family, family of Inception. It's going to be insane. <laughs> yeah. Oh we'll man, see. that's a that's an interesting pick. They better hope he's good, or they're gonna. Get That's what I'm saying. Up. That's what I'm saying. The kid uh, better be good. 
It's so weird. It's so weird. <laughs> yeah. It's like we walk into the house and get out when we go to the Bruins house. It's like they feel like everyone's lobotomized. Yes. Yeah. They're all from the same family. <laughs> Families win Stanley Cups. Oh, it's unbelievable. I can't. I love it. I love it. it I love it because I love chaos, and this is chaos. <laughs> They're uh, going to take Jamie Langerburner's brain out and put it in the head of his kid. Well, let, let, well let's, let's, to your point, let's, let's talk about this. Langenbrunner was a pretty good player. So maybe yeah. if, that, if that happens, I'll be happy. I don't know about you, but I know, I know you, Dallas Stars fanboy, you're, you're already oh, yeah. happy about oh, that. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, uh, the pants might be coming off in a few years. That's all I'm going to say to make a callback. Um, yeah, I don't know. Another, another kid named Mason, too. I don't know how I feel about that. Mason's a very popular What are the odds? Name. What are the odds that they draft two guys named Mason and they're both good? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't like those odds. I'm trying to remember what the Langenbrunner connection is for the Bruins. Um, I don't remember why he came over, like, to work for the team. He never, I don't think he ever played. Like, no, he never played. Didn't Don there. Sweeney play for the Stars, or they probably didn't, not at the same time as Langenbrunner? That's actually a really good point. Um, that is a good question. Um, I feel like he, he probably was gone before Langenbrunner. I don't know for sure. That's the, yeah. only, the, only, thing I could, the only possible connection I could think of for why he ended up here. Yeah, that, that's – I mean, that's a – that is a really good question. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure because I know Sweeney did play there, but I think – I think it was like – wasn't the final year of his career he played there? Like – Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. Yeah, that, that – I'm looking at Hockey DB, and it doesn't appear that they were on the Stars at the same time. No. Um, so, I don't, I don't know. know. He just likes it here. Yeah, why Apparently not? so do his kids. Well, that's like, right, get, uh, get your trap tweet ready for Brian Ralston's kid when the Bruins uh, are ready to take him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, okay. Nope. I just made the connection in my head. Uh, Jay Pandolfo is on the Bruins staff, and Jay Pandolfo was teammates at Lagan Bruder in New Jersey. So maybe that's how that happened. Oh. Yeah, look at that. Connect yeah. the dots. Yes, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, he hurt my star. Hurt, broke my heart as a Stars fan when he went over to the, the stinking New Jersey Devils. Mm. Two thousand finals were, were painful. You know who else works for the Bruins is uh, Mike Dunham. The uh, old oh really? Goal, the old goaltender for the uh, Predators uh, back in the day. Uh, yes. Yeah, he's uh, he he works. Uh, he's like their goaltending consultant or something like that. I don't know. He works with the prospects down in Providence and I think down in uh, Atlanta with their ECHL team is. He's got uh, some work to do now since yeah, it looks like yeah. Tuka Rask era might be over. Uh, it's very weird that, that we're at the age now where all these players that we grew up watching are now coaches and GMs. It's gross. It is gross. And their, their kids odd. are getting drafted by them. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's getting weird out there, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's especially, I think it'll be officially over for us when like Sidney Crosby's coaching or Jonathan Taves is a coach. Right. Right. When they, Char- they come Char- on, their their heads are like three inches wider than when they used to be, and they got all this white hair, and it's like, oh my god! <laughs> I used to watch you when you were a thoroughbred winning Stanley Cups. This is getting weird, <laughs> right? NBA oh. too, like guys look like you got like Steve Nash being a coach, and mm-hmm. yeah. it know, is funny how you start to notice that like cycle in in sports. Like the first time that starts to happen. It's really like it really is like one of the number one like <laughs> moments of a person's life when they realize how old they're getting. Mm-hmm. 
if oh, you're yeah. a sports fan. Yeah, and that's like Gabe Kapler is a manager. Rocco Baldelli's a manager. I mean, it's just it's just odd. Yeah. It's just odd times. It's also it's gonna be weird when some of these movie stars start dropping like Tom Hanks and like right. Tom Cruise dies. And that's Jesus. gonna be weird. This took a weird turn. Ah, you know, it's that's the circle of life. You know. Yeah. 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 COVID nineteen is here to remind us of uh, mortality. And, Ain't that uh, the truth? Except the NFL, I guess the NFL is just invincible. They're just gonna they're just gonna withstand everything, and uh, the shield the, the shield is what matters. Mm-hmm. The shield is gonna shield uh, everybody from the Rona. Goodell will live forever, never retire. Yeah, inject him with some kind of weird blood. <laughs> you should inject me with the blood of the youths. Yeah, oh, I don't know. That sounds about right. The NFL would play through the nuclear winter. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, to be LA could look like that scene in Terminator Two where, where Sarah Connor gets blown up into a skeleton and the city burns to ash, <laughs> and it would still put the, get the Rams and 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 Browns going mm-hmm. on Fox. You know, Joe, Joe Buck. Buck. Joe Buck sitting there with like a wind blowing in his face, <laughs> fire all around him, ash in his eyes. Ass is caught. <laughs> Touchdown. Like a game I love- winner. I love the uh, – it's that viral tweet come to life where it's a nuclear winter and it's Joe Buck. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> Wait, what? A, this is a real thing? There's a viral tweet where it's like Joe Buck as the sun is expanding and, and eating the earth as a whole. And it's just Joe Buck voice. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm have to well, I was just thinking now. about that. I love it. Yeah. Do you love when you just think about something and start laughing? I got to look that up now. I don't know how to find that. That's the funny thing with Twitter. Is that like it's impossible to like find something that you saw in the past? I found that was it. funny because there's no connection between like the text and the video. It's so hard to find because you can't like search for like Joe Buck's sun blowing up and find it. You know? Yeah, I found. I already found it. Uh, my favorite rival tweet that I always have to Google is the one of the person saying, "Hell yeah, Benny Hanna up in this bitch," and it's just a bunch of loose vegetables on like a on like an oven. It's so funny. I'm gonna send it to you as well. Uh, but yeah, no, everything the, to me. The tweet is Joe Buck. Welcome to the top of the 47th. Sun rises. Sun keeps getting bigger. Yes. World in Gulf by flames. <laughs> Buck. Oh God. Yes. Oh my God. I got you. Got to send that to me. I had a good viral tweet earlier this year. I mean, now it feels like uh, decades ago. I was like, here, here's uh, this is what it's gonna look like when when Cam Newton throws the first 30 yard pass to kill Harry at all the Tom Brady people. And it's it's Avengers Endgame when everybody comes back through the Doctor Strange portals. <laughs> They're all just show up at, out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know, that's going a little weird. Bucks are three and one. Patriots two and two. And uh, that, that was one of the worst quarterback games they've had in a long time on a Monday night. That was not fun. But that was uh, not a fun game. It is amazing. It's it's my prediction. I think sort of came true. I knew I said they were they were going to be prepared, have a good game plan, and it was going to be tight in the first half and maybe open up in the second half and. That's pretty much how it went. Sucks that their quarterbacks were were pretty much incompetent. Mm-hmm. Brian Hoyer like making the worst possible mistakes at the worst possible time, which I thought that I thought the reason he was in that game was to not make uh, the worst possible decision. That was frustrating. But uh, well, that's I like I know. tweeted. I, I hope Cam comes back. I tweeted uh, during the game. I, I, I they win I that think... game with Cam Newton because they only gave oh, yeah. up nineteen points. The defense did. So I, I think they win like twenty four to nineteen if, if Cam Newton's out there. So I would agree with that. Which and, sucks, but you know it's how it's how it goes. I tweeted during the game itself uh, after the 
it was the I believe it was the uh, the inner no, the sack to end the second quarter. I said, how much more do you need to see, and how much more can you afford to see? Talking about Brian Hoyer playing like garbage and not having the veteran know-how that we were told he would play with. And sure enough, it's the I think it was the final final uh, sequence that cost him the the uh, the turnover on the 13 yard line to begin the second half. Uh, Chiefs get the ball, they go down and they score, and that was the ball game. That that was the game. And and then after that possession, it was Stidham time and. You went from there, but 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 that was you know that halftime. I would have pulled the plug at halftime, and I would have said, "No, we're going to sit him here." You, you screwed up the one thing you couldn't screw up on. I mean, everyone knows that you got to either throw that ball away, or or make it so there's time on the clock, you know, yeah. and, and the clock is stopped. You, it was just yeah. He did the one thing he couldn't do, and he tried calling timeout, buddy. You got no timeouts. You should know this. This is why you are 34 years worst. old or whatever, and still in the NFL because you know this. Um, so, I, saw, I think I heard someone with a theory that like he knew he was out of timeouts, but he made it he made it look like he thought he had a timeout because he thought that would have somehow been better than like actually making the decision that he that he made. It's like know? when uh, it's like when guys uh, decide they don't want to go with their girlfriend in a Victoria's Secret and they just sit outside of it and I go, oh yeah, that looks better. That looks way better. Yeah. you're just a guy by himself sitting outside a, a you're staring store. at women in their underwear. That, that's that's yeah. way more more normal. Way better than going in and telling the world you have a girlfriend and you are helping her pick out underwear. Way better. Yeah. You, you look totally cool doing. You that. look like way more of a man doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah trucks, Spike TV. <laughs> um, yeah, so a uh, text from somebody who's seen Mason Langenbrunner play, because I obviously haven't. Uh, he is a project, but uh, he can really skate well. So that fits in with the Bruins looking for in terms of, uh, of defensemen who can move the puck, help with transition. Uh, he is a project, though. Uh, he's also, again, as we've said, the son of someone working in their play de- player development program. So Yeah, you got to get an A on that project. Yeah, so we're going to see what happens there. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, he doesn't have to be a stud or anything. Just need, he needs to. He needs to be a functional. Uh, he has to have some value in the organization at some point, whether it's in a trade or anything. Fifth but like you said, how are they going to trade the guy's kid? You know, fifth round pick. If you get a hundred NHL games out of him, it's a success. Fifth round picks True. are not. You know, they're not NHL regulars typically. No. Uh, so if you get something out of them at the NHL level, or if you can use them as part of a trade eventually, as awkward as that may be, like we've said. Uh, that is a, a win for you, so so we'll see. But they, I think that's a smart move is emphasizing a, a player who can, who, a defenseman who can skate. You know, and, and and that's sort of where the game is trending. That's where the system is is trending for the Bruins. So so add another one of those guys to the list. All right, I'll take it. I'll take it. All right, I think we should. Uh, I should leave you to your devices on uh, the digital side of things because stuff is about to roll in. Bruins are going to be making more picks. Maybe make trade. Something's going to happen. So uh, this is a good one. This is the best podcast in a while, I think. Uh, if you made it this far, thank you. I love you. Please rate and review. Uh, positive reviews only. Uh, thanks to everyone who's already uh, left a, a nice rating and a nice review. We appreciate you. It's the Sports Up Sidelines podcast. Hopefully you had fun listening. And uh, we'll talk to you again next week.